and welcome to our third episode of Novel Not New, a True End podcast, a visual novel book club of sorts where we pick one game every month and discuss it amongst the cast. I'm Jennifer Uncle. Um, I'm also on Scanline Media. Uh, I'm Six Detmar. I am the other Scanline Media member. And I am M from Abnormal Mapping. So, um... Should we just dive into this? Uh... We should probably explain why we didn't release a podcast last month. I feel like okay. we owe it to people because I normally make a habit not to miss shows. But um, if you uh, follow the Abnormal Mapping uh, stuff on Patreon or websites or other podcasts, uh, my father died about six, uh, no, about a month ago. And it threw everything into a real uh, tizzy. So we were unable to record in January. My apologies. Clearly, it won't happen again, at least on my end. Uh, but uh, th- that's that's all I've got. Uh, my apologies to everyone for the delay, because we all played this game, I feel like, weeks and weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we've just sort of had to sit and, and chew. You know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about this game coming up. I will say, of all the games to have to sit and chew on for two months, uh, this was a hell of a one. <laughs> Uh, I, d- I honestly did not think of it for most of those two months, if it makes you feel better. I was fine. Hmm. Hmm. I was I was not similarly afflicted. <laughs> <laughs> My pacing was a bit more staggered because um, I ended up putting things off a bit too last minute. So I actually went through all the epilogue stuff this morning. So it's a bit more fresh on my mind than... Probably everyone else in here. Well, that means you get to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action, which came out in June 21, 2016. It was designed by a three-person team, uh, Christopher Ortiz, Fernando Damas, and Michael Kelly. And uh, it's out for pretty much everything. Well, it's not out for the big consoles, but it's out for PC, Mac, Linux, and Vita. The, the big consoles, Vita. <laughs> the, the visual novel consoles, because let's get real, that's that's all the Vita is anymore. That's fair. Yeah, visual novels, PS1 games, and uh, obscure JRPGs. You take that back, this guy is not obscure. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. Yeah. I would say this guy is not obscure, if it makes you feel better. Oh, it does. Thank you. I know he's um, played it, but everyone knows what it is. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so this um, this game was my recommendation. Um, should get that out of the way. Uh, I'm the one who did this. Um, hmm. Yeah, but I feel like both of us had pretty fond feelings for it before we got into this. We, before we played it a second time a year... A year or two later. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we should we should quickly summarize what this this game is about. Um, so in this game, you play as a bartender named Jill in sort of a a cyberpunk. Um, I guess you could say dystopia. I think dystopia is fair. It doesn't tend to focus on the dystopia that much. I mean, saying cyberpunk is... implies dystopia. I don't think you can have cyberpunk yeah. without it. You could be a punk about the fact that you're, you know, never mind, this joke isn't going anywhere. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you play as uh, Jill and you cyberpunk future, your bartender, and basically the game is just you are 
bartending day in day out you uh, customers come in you serve them drinks you talk to them about their life and their situations you develop relationships with them um and you also have your own shit that you work out and that's the game yeah in the somewhere between the chapters um you kind of learn more about jill and how she had a relationship that technically ended on a on bad terms but they never actually set up said straight up, we're going to break this up formally. And that kind of comes back to Haunter when the little sister, Gabby, comes into the bar and mentions that the person that she was dating ended up passing away last week. And basically from chapter two onwards, it's somewhat in the background, but also in the foreground for several days. It's you kind of coping with this loss and figuring out... Dealing with your regrets, more or less. Mm-hmm. Well, also, the specter over the entire thing is that uh, the bar, like bars around town are being shut down. And you assume your bar is going to be closed by the end of this because everyone's like, no, yeah, they're definitely going to close us. And so you're kind of just wondering what you're doing with your life as you live out the last couple weeks at your job. Basically, yeah. Trying to make rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and try not to spend too much of it on the various things that Jill needs in order to not get distracted during a job. Hmm. Gosh, so where do we where do we start with this one? Uh so how about you explain to me why you chose this for us to play and what your thoughts about it before <laughs> we replayed it and then we can talk about the game itself. Okay, so um for me this game came in a year um that was I, I don't know. I it feels like at this point saying that a year was stressful is almost meaningless. Like, <laughs> fucking welcome to the 2010s. But it came in a year that was really stressful. It came when I was working in a bar. I was working customer service in a bar, and so I really connected with that part. Um, I played a lot of anime games in the 90s, or from the 90s. I didn't play them in the 90s. I played them later. But so that the aesthetic, the visuals that Valhalla goes for was like, absolutely very nostalgic and very much a touchstone for me um and my memory had absolutely erased all the stuff that was really troubling about the game not uh, not all of it but like boy a lot um boy a lot had been forgotten in the meantime um and i was just left with the warm feelings of like i like how the game tackles like sort of the day-to-day of like sort the the reassuring monotony of, of serving drinks and talking to people and that just being your day. I liked seeing the same customers over and over. I liked a game that in ways felt like a dating sim, but for the most part, you're not trying to get in anyone's pants. That's kind of a, a misremembery a little bit, but you know, um, so yeah, that's, that's basically why, why I recommended it. I remembered, I remembered a lot of very fun things and I, to be honest, the, the visuals couldn't be any more up my alley. So yeah. And I have something of a, I haven't worked at a bar or anything like that, but the game definitely came at a time when I felt incredibly downtrodden and very bleak about the future. And seeing this game take place in a more or less hellscape everywhere (laughs) except for the bar and its message of, okay, things are incredibly bad right now, but we still have we're still moving, we're still finding ways to live our lives, and that really resonated with me at a pretty dark time in my life. 
Mm-hmm. And I also, I also, I think the game ends on a high note. I think the ending in the last couple of days are the, the game. The the first couple of days are the worst days of the game. And oh, it still sure. has some other bad stuff throughout, but I think it ends strong. So, uh, I mean, it ends much better than it begins. Whether I would say it ends strong, up for fair. Um, fair. So, before we get into talking about that stuff, we might as well approach the like actual serving drinks part because I f- assume nobody has any complaints with that because in actuality, it's really fantastic. Um, at first, like when I first played it, you know, back it back in. God, what would, yeah, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to be like, man, this is really dull and repetitive. And then I was like, duh, that's the fucking point. Okay, <laughs> I'm stupid. Great. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, the ways in which it replicates like the mindlessness, but like the reward of doing a menial task over and over again that you get really good at is very real. Uh, I, that part I love a lot. Uh, especially, thankfully, you pointed out that you can use keyboard controls. If I had had to drag every drink in this game, I would have lost my mm. mind. <laughs> yeah, the keyboard controls are not... Uh, I, I've I've been told, I don't know if this is apocryphal, but I've been told that they were like something they were working on and then sort of like abandoned, basically done, but didn't really... Because it's not mentioned anywhere in the game. Yeah, no. And I found out from a forum. I couldn't imagine my, like, playing the game without it. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's part of why I found it so monotonous my first time through, is because yeah. I did play the game without it. And yeah, much better using the keyboard controls. I played the entire game using mouse. It, I didn't really mind it. I just My strategy was having the mouse at the very edge of the windows, and so it was very slight mouse movements anytime I wanted to mix anything. But yeah, it's... The other thing I really like about the, the the thing I like about the bartending system is sort of the way that it builds into actually getting to know the characters too. Because some people will be like, "Oh yeah, I remember you told me this personal story about this one drink you really like," or "I found out this the history of this one drink from a different client." So when this other client comes in, is like, "Give me the drink that was." inspired by friendship you can be like oh that's the one i'll get that for you right away and kind of building up this knowledge through experience of doing it over and over again felt mm. very satisfying uh there's a lot of wiggle room in interpretation of what people order especially as the game goes on where like yeah people just want something sweet and you could just give them a sugar rush which is like the most basic drink but you can do kind of whatever you want in a lot of instances and that freedom of interpretation in your job because you're empowered to, like, within a limited framework of mix whatever drink that'll make the customers happy is, uh, it's actually really good. Uh, it replicates accurately working. Like, I've never worked bartending, but I've done, like, food prep in, like, your interfacing with customers work before. And, uh, you know, it's not dissimilar to my experience. I do wish someone had come in and said, I don't know what's good, because, my <laughs> yes. God, that is the most common phrase in fucking food service. Um, so I have I have a thing that I really liked that I wish the game had done more, and then I have a thing we should talk about. Um, the thing I liked is there's there's one point in particular I can think of where a customer comes in and is obviously in a, in a, in a really bad mood. They're really stressed out. They're really upset. Mm-hmm. And they ask for a drink, and you're like... I could give them that, but I actually know that there's a drink that always cheers them up. And if you give them this other drink that they specifically did not order, they are way happier. I gave gave them the drink they did not order. So it's, it goes, it's, it's really nice. If you do that, it's really nice. Um, 
and I wish the game had done a little more of of your character being like, mm, I bet if I bet they would appreciate this. And you know, you you got to listen to what your customer orders, but sometimes you know, a little interpretation is good. When you're a regular, your bartender is going to like help you out. That's part of the mm-hmm. relationship. Exactly. Um, the thing we should talk about is the option, which is both interesting and sometimes troubling that there are drinks that can be non-alcoholic and it's up to you whether or not you want to put a bunch of alcohol in them or not. So I couldn't tell what, cause I tried to look this up and like, what happens if you put more alcohol in them? And something on the internet said, if you put a bunch of alcohol in char- characters, will get drunk and then buy less drinks. But I tried that a couple of times. I didn't see it happen. So all I did was always leave the alcohol out. Um, it's not that they buy less drinks. You will get different dialogue because they get drunk. Oh, right? okay. You will get like, um, I think the 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 uh, example that comes to hand, comes to mind is if you give a bunch of alcohol to the idol, she mm. gets she's sort of like her her I don't want to say her facade breaks because it's not like suddenly she's like this really like awful but you, she sort of she opens up a bit and is like man I fucking hate record companies. Huh, okay. Yeah, I never did that. I gave everyone as little alcohol as possible for the drinks. There's also a customer that's underage and if you I made sure I could never give that person alcohol. But I imagine something different would have happened if you had done that. Yeah, I played the game three times, so for the most part, I've seen both variants of everything. But I still never give the underage lady some alcohol. No, that's okay. Yeah. So that's bartending out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hmm. Now, time to tackle the rest of the tough stuff. Unless you want to talk about the corgis and the. In the prologue, did any play the prologue? I, I did I not did. play I, the prologue. I I did. Um, I don't know that that's not getting rough stuff out of the way. Um, <laughs> I th- I think. Well, first of all, I don't think they're super well written. I don't think they're great characters because the, the prologue is just you're serving drinks to primarily corgis and then the two humans that are there with them. Um, and also like, hey, as as like a the thing about the corgis, like mostly they're just quirky and weird and it's badly written but it's fine i guess and it's like oh also they're racist and it's like great this is great i'm happy about this this is good so my main interface with the corgis is the rad shiba who shows up or whatever the work part-time um who is just, like partially clearly just a metal gear reference which way to like not endear a character to me is to make them a metal gear reference but that's fine <laughs> i'll put that aside uh in a game that seems like really concerned with like treating the robots as people with agency in their own political concerns and how they're different from humans. The way that it plays the dogs that can talk as just a joke is really weird and disconcerting to me. Yeah. Yeah. The way that Jill is constantly being like, no, fuck you, go away is kind of, I guess when you think about it, it's, it becomes a bit chill, maybe calm down and treat these people treat these dogs like normal and even even if jill is like a character that like oh jill just has problems with dogs maybe she's a dog racist or something the game itself always puts them in situations where them being dogs that can talk but and do human things but they're still dogs is like a joke it's always played as the comedy yeah it's it's first like you know i generally don't tend to like the comic relief characters in in almost anything sometimes they're done well very often i find they're not but you still absolutely have to make them people, and they just don't don't really try with the corgis. I'm, I'm going to argue that they don't really make people out of a lot of these characters, but okay, <laughs> sure, sure. No, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point either. 
Um, well, I'll, I'll argue it a little, but <sighs> no, yeah. I think we can we can go ahead and get into the meat of of everyone. Okay, should we start from the beginning and talk about Mr. Donovan? Oh fuck! Do we have to? <laughs> nobody, Jesus nobody Christ. likes Donovan. Donovan sucks. I don't yeah. know why you think this is the character you should start your game out with. Like you're just telling everyone to stop. the The whole first day is incredibly bad. Yeah. Um. It's just a bunch of characters that you absolutely hate, and like, it's obviously the game is like, ah, oh, here's this shitty guy, right? Like you're supposed to hate this guy, but like. That's not, this guy isn't fun to hate. It's just like, this is awful, and it makes me think that you writers are awful. This is bad. I, he's like the, he's the guy who, who's in charge of the news. I guess he's the editor in chief of like the local news, Mm -hmm. and he's just a misogynist, racist piece of shit. Yes. Also, who exploits his workers and is awful. We forgot to mention that in between every day, you can read like news feeds and like a fake Reddit. And uh, I felt like that newsfeed stuff, like, while clearly is like, oh, we're going to do all our big world building, is the most tedious part of this game. Yeah, it's not. That's that's a good point. The between, I, I liked the idea of, like, chilling at home for a bit and checking out, you know, like, as you, as you say, the news and, and cyberpunk Reddit, which, Jesus, that's a terrifying concept. Um, is that for 4chan? Ah... I feel like if it's supposed to be 4chan, they missed the tone of 4chan. Um, they hit it in a lot of other parts of this fucking game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be more Reddit. I don't I, know. What do you think, Em? Uh, I've never really been on 4chan, so I can't tell you. Like, it felt like Reddit as it's represented in games like this. I thought a lot about the forum in um, Don't Take It Personally, Babe. It's just not your story, if you've played that. Mm. Um uh, but for me, like the fact that Jill, like in all of this, like spends her day every morning, like watching or like reading like CNN basically for 20 minutes is maybe the weirdest part of this game <laughs> in a game full of weird things. Hmm. Cause all, cause the thing you do every day, you're encouraged to do by the game because it's like part of the world building and characters are reference stuff is to make sure you read the like top three news stories every day. I don't read the top three news stories every day and I try to be a person who's informed. <laughs> Well, maybe if you were in a cyberpunk future, you would. No, um, I would not. Geez. I would not, I guarantee. The worse <laughs> things get, the less likely I am to read the news, for a lot of reasons. Also, we are in a cyberpunk future. This is all hell, and it's all going bad. Uh, yes. Yeah. A lot of the news stories were completely fluffed, too, to kind of mm. tie into Donovan's whole approach to the augmented eye. Like, you hear things about Kanyevania and... uh see yep there's that stuff and then there's like the stuff that ties into like kimberly being like the only good reporter uh and that storyline i feel like just doesn't really go anywhere like it doesn't do anything because they're too busy with every like dorothy and all of the robot shit in this game Mm -hmm. yeah you think they're gonna take it somewhere because she you find her passed out near the bar and you kind of nurse her back to health and she comes in once or twice to be like fuck this job i quit but you don't really, you don't really get to see much into her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get on the first day, uh, Ingram McDougal. Yep. <sighs> so we got an email. Uh, there was a couple emails, uh, and this person was complaining about Ingram being like, "How? Why is it that they gave you two douchey men like immediately?" I have to admit, I don't remember Ingram at all. <laughs> uh, Ingram is the dude who's like. He's he's the dude 
He has red hair. He has that. Yeah, no, no. Line I'm looking at a picture on the wiki. Don't remember this guy. <laughs> That's Just literally you're, don't. You M, you are very fortunate. Um, <laughs> Basically, he's just like, uh, okay, so let me put it this way. The writer oh, of the game right. pitches I'm reading him as the, the guy who likes complaining for the sake of it. He's the guy who's just like, literally his only characterization seems to be like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, there's yes. nothing else to the character. All he does is he complains, he's an asshole, and then like he's also a misogynist. And it's like, there's nothing else to you. Uh, there's no, th- stuff there's, about losing your daughter. Yes, but, there's the stuff about hiring Dorothy uh, yeah. that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll save Dorothy for the end, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's day one, it's just like a cavalcade, it's, you know, I guess it's just mostly just the two characters, but they're just, they're they're extremely bad. I guess we should briefly talk about um, the the staff of the, the bar, though, because you're introduced to all of them on day one, so. Yeah, so there's, there's uh, Jill, that's you, obviously. Uh, there is your boss, Dana who is a cartoon that's basically that's all that's what she does she's like used to be a wrestler and do a bunch of stuff um she's just a bunch of like anime tropes of like a cool lady i found her fun but she's not a particularly deep character um i don't know i mean so for a thing that i will keep going back to is so much of this game's characters to me seem like men who don't know how women actually work trying very hard to write women that will convince men that they're cool um because mm. i think half of the cast is this and i think that dana is like definitely one of these in the all oh, she's tough and has done a bunch of cool things that uh, people playing this game will like but outside of that she's not like barely a person like she's helpful when she needs to be because she's the plot device who can give you extra money or like tell you how it really is and that's kind of all she does yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I kind of found her endearing in her cartoonishness, though, like, getting constantly getting buckets and helmets stuck on her head, or bringing a, just walking in with a bucket of chicken and leaving it there, and then having Gil wash it later, and there's just something very, I guess the way that I would describe a lot of these, a lot of these characters is not so much very much descriptive terms, but, oh, Dana is Dana, or just things, or Dorothy is Dorothy. Like, you you kind of spend so much time with them that you kind of get used to both their faults and their positive points. And I I feel like that's why I didn't have as much trouble with the game the first time around as I did now, because... I got so used to their presence by then that I stopped noticing more or less the things that were kind of problematic. I just, I just feel like all of this, like, like talk about Jillian next and Jillian also has this character where whenever we need a goofy thing for him to have done, he used to do that thing. And he was like a mysterious secret agent who's done everything, but is also completely oblivious and doesn't seem to care. Um, and these two just, like, broad anime tropes just play off each other the entire game. Like, it's, like, the laziest sitcom. And I just don't understand, like, how I'm supposed to identify with and care about any of these characters. Like, I thought the people who came into the bar are much more personable than any of the people working there. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the thing that makes me like uh, the bartending staff is mostly just that they tend not to be shitty. Um, like... For the most part, they're just kind of inoffensive and mildly fun. 
mm-hmm. um, which is more than you can say for a lot of the cast, you know? Yeah, but that only represents itself as these characters, like, after everyone leaves, they stand around for five minutes and talk about how, like, annoying everyone is, and then they all go home and do it again the next day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there's also the issue with, uh, well, it's, they make it pretty clear that um, Jill has a thing for Dana. Um, <laughs> she has a big poster on her wall, Best Boss. It's her screen, it's her profile lock, but at some point another character hacks into her phone and is like, you've taken a bunch of pictures without her being aware, huh? And that started to get into... Okay, that's slightly creepy and uncomfortable. Uh, maybe Jill isn't the best protagonist ever. Yeah, I, I, I hate to to get too far into the conclusion, but like maybe don't re- let four channers write things. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where um, I fall too. With the addendum, because I feel like a lot of people like well, Christine Love started out as a four channer and. She's created stuff like Lady Kittler in a bind, and don't take it personally, babe. And and every time I see the 4chan influence poke through in her work, I'm unhappy. I like her work overall, but every once in a while you see that 4chan pop up, and I'm unhappy every time. Well, I mean, my favorite Christine Love games are the hate games, which are very much like so the good. last, like the least of that. It is very heavily researched and well-considered and removed from this sort of like internet culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those games are great. Yeah, they're very much about building a world that's totally outside of our own, or it goes into parts of our world that we don't see discussed that often. Should we move on to Alma? Yeah, yeah. we probably should. <laughs> She's the character I might dislike the most. Um, She is not the character I dislike the most, but I think as it went on, it was the character that convinced me this game is actually bad. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's the character that I think if you if you pay attention is the most like like the game thinks this lady is cool and the way she's written is real upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so so she's like Jill's best friend and she's a hacker and she also is obsessed with boobs and we'll talk about them at any possible turn and that's kind of her characteristic. She has no sense of privacy because she'll hack into anything. And then she's all about those boobs. But don't worry, she's totally straight. She's yes. just obsessed with boobs. Like, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. And then she'll also talk about her family, and she happens to misgender one of her, a, a trans brother, just to constantly clue to the character. Oh, yeah, she has a trans brother. But they do it in the most awful way possible. Like, she'll be talking with you, and she'll briefly mess up the pronouns, and or she'll be like, oh yeah, he had a big problem with his boobs. And it's like, no, don't do it this way. What are you doing? No. Yeah, we're uh, we're in that wonderful part of, of hopefully a transition I, I really want a large part of the gaming scene to get over, where a bunch of indie games are like, hey, what if we had a trans character? And it's like, okay, that's that's not a terrible idea. How are you going to make... Okay, this is your way of, of letting the player know, and everyone does it so fucking badly. Yep. Yep. Uh, Alma might also be, like, the mythical hacker that everyone talks about over the course of the game. Yeah, she definitely is. Yeah. yeah. At some point, you... At, at some point, she's like, okay, Jill, you, you why don't I be bartender for you for a bit? And then yep. 
you see a brief Alice Rabbit logo flash as she's hacking the Bart interface. So yes. it's definitely her. Mm-hmm. But no, she is the most like, this is what a cool lady is. Someone who is okay talking about sex and is good at computers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then just like relentlessly shit talks her family. It's like, yes. actually, I don't think that's cool. Turns out, yep. um, you know, you got problems with your family. You talk about it with your friends. But, like, that's not the tone of her conversations about her family. We'll, She's just yes. relentlessly dunking on them. We'll talk a lot about lesbian stuff, but it's totally straight. So you can totally get with her. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's bad. It's really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. I feel... And uh, this is another instance of, of, of me being on the Wikipedia, so I just learned that apparently the developer refers to her as Christmas cake, which I don't know if you know that phrase. Uh, I do not know that phrase. I do not. So, uh, 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 Jen, you should have came up in an episode of Oops All Anime. Um, oh, right. Oh, so, fuck. Okay. Uh, it is it, like Christmas cake after the 25th. No one wants it. That's the concept is, is it's this, it's this phrase to indicate a a person who over 25, a woman over 25 who thus no one cares about anymore. (laughs) I think this writer might be a really bad person. We had a person, uh, like on, on the Discord say that this, like this writer was like a known gamer gator. And it seems like that's not the case from what research I've done, but he certainly seems like he's in that crowd. Oh, there's so many different flavors of shitty people. They don't all have to oh, be yeah. gators. <laughs> that's, that's entirely, that's, thank you. Yeah. That's very worth saying. <sighs> um, Can we talk about two characters I actually like and they are yeah. a pair? Sure. I like Say and Stella a lot. They're the only yeah. characters in this game I'm like, yeah, these two, I like them, they're cool. They are, like, I don't think I can think of anything problematic with them. They're just cool, cool ladies. Well, so Say is like a cop when you meet her, and she's a member of this elite, like, robot suit police force called the White Knights, which is a problem. Yep. It's a yeah. problem. Yep. <laughs> it's, also, it's such a, yeah. Also, it turns out the White Knights are totally actually corrupt, and like, in the course of the story, like, mobs of people start attacking them and stuff, and then they're mm-hmm. disbanded. White, the White Knights must be torn down, because that's just the thing that happens in the background of this game. Well, to be and like that sucks. That's bad. But yes. also, to be fair, the game does like well. The White Knights were actually also doing a lot of good, and this is also kind of shitty that this is happening. Yeah, so, yeah. It seems it seems like it feels like they had the moment of like, oh well, what if we made the cops the White Knights, and then they got theirs, and then they realized and pulled back from the edge a little bit. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I only really have one complaint with Stella, who who is the. She's the rich um, partner for say more or less. They, they go to great lengths to say that they're not exactly a couple right now, but they're pretty close in a way that most couples are. Um, at some point, she's talking with another character, kind of arguing about how, oh, Zaibatsu Corp is actually has some positives to it, and. She's having a pretty agreeable debate with this person. And then she breaks it to go, Discussions are a way for two parties to understand each other. The only people afraid of discussion are the ones whose points are too fragile to defend against someone. Which, Yeah, which is something that being on the internet and having a bunch of neo-Nazis in my mentions sometimes, that's something I'm pretty familiar with centrists and people on bad faith saying to... Let terrible people talk. Listen, if you're too upset to have a good argument, then obviously your argument's just not very good. 
the thing I like about this is that Say and Stella are totally like Stella is like the friend that you probably had in high school who ended up way more centrist than you. And sometimes you hang out still. And it's not like you don't like each other. You just don't have a lot in common in terms of like real world politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that like you can still like sometimes maintain those relationships as long as the person's not too shitty. And so every once in a while they'll say something and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. I do not know what I'm doing here. Uh, But then sometimes they will go looking for you for three days when you disappear and are maybe killed almost. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's still good. That's a good point. That's a good perspective on on that character. Um yeah. it's like Stella by herself is not a great character, but the care and consideration she shows for Say like really helps make her and them as a pair like a thing I really enjoyed whenever they walked into the bar. Yeah. I'm curious um I don't know how much we'll have to say, but what do we think about Cyberpunk Jim Sterling? <laughs> oh yeah, Virgilio. Uh So did you did any of you get his ending? Yep. Okay. Um, I don't remember what pro- pro- unless you looked at a walkthrough. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I I'm pretty sure I. What's his ending? What happens in his ending? Because I think I did uh, see this. Doesn't he start a, like a? He starts like he a, did, a restaurant or something, right? Yeah, a little, yeah. A little food stand, and and yes. talks about how he used to be a cop. Yes. Okay, I did do this. Nice. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you did that without a walkthrough. No, no, no. I did it with a walkthrough. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I absolutely had to use one because he's obnoxious. Yeah. And by the time of the ending, well, at first he's just kind of like, oh, he kind of looks like Jim Sterling. But then at the very end, it's like, oh, no, he has the aviators now and the slick back hair. Um, I did not read him as uh, Jim Sterling, mostly because I try not to follow Jim Sterling stuff. I actually thought of uh, Otho from Beetlejuice. Do you know that guy? The, like, interior designer guy, he's played by... God, what's the actor's name? I have um, not seen Beetlejuice, I'm afraid. Oh, right, I know exactly who you're talking about. He's I played by Glenn Shaddix, who just plays that character in all of his roles. <laughs> just kind of like the, like, kind of fat, like, effeminate character that is a joke in all of the movies of the late 80s and early 90s. But yeah, the it's it kind of ties into something where... Playing this kind of reminded me that I had an embarrassing past of certain things that I like to watch. Like, I caught a Destructoid podcast reference when Hey Kids Wanna Die scrolled across the screen, and then the curry restaurant he opens is called Tim's Curry, which was also a bit during one of their episodes. So I was like, oh wow, I can recognize this stuff. I was a terrible teenager. <laughs> I I guess, I, I mean, I, I recognize... Tim is Curry because Tim Curry, but yeah, I no, that, I, that's yeah. also what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, okay. M, I think we're I think we were better teenagers than Jim. no, no, no. I was a terrible teenager. <laughs> I was just on a terrible teenager about like five or six years before. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. So all of these references the kids are into fly right by me. Yeah. No, I'm, I was I was kidding. I was also a terrible teenager. <laughs> Some might say I'm still a terrible adult. Anyway, um, yeah. His his main thing is just like oh he's he's quirky and asks for like recipes and weird way asks for like drinks in weird ways that are like oh this is confusing and isn't he strange and it's just not very good. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, go ahead. You were gonna introduce uh, someone. I'm sure. I was gonna say, do we want to talk about like I feel like the two probably most problematic characters in the game. Uh yeah sure. You mean uh, Betty and Deal or? Oh no no. <laughs> you mean uh, Jamie I mean, clearly. 
<laughs> I met I met Alma and Streaming Chan, but we could hold off on those if you like. Yeah, no, no. Let's talk about Streaming Chan. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Streaming Chan. So Streaming Chan is a uh, a girl. Her her name is Nicole Chen, and she uh, has a hat with a webcam like floating over it, and she streams her life twenty four seven. Yep. Um, and that's her gimmick, and she's just, uh, she's on all the time, and she's super excited to be on camera, and don't worry, if you wait another hour, you can watch her have sex with someone. But only if you pay for premium. Sure, sure. You know, like you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the start of our, our block about the game's attitude towards sex work, which is uh, exciting, right? Uh, yeah. This is fun, this is what we were all looking forward to. <laughs> Uh, it it's real it's real fucking embarrassing. Streaming chain in particular feels so much about like that awful screed about like women who stream on Twitch and just do it for like the views and the money because they're showing off their boobs or whatever. It's like the it's the most toxic bullshit. Like w- when we talk about Dorothy, that's a whole other thing because Dorothy feels like it's like they think they're doing something good and noble and they're not because it fucking sucks. But this just feels like the actual truth of their opinions coming through. Mhm. Yeah, it's both of both both Dorothy and Streaming Chan are characters that I feel like I could see how they could be interesting and cool. Um and Streaming Chan at least absolutely is just is just um just not uh the portrayal of her is pretty awful. Uh yeah. Yeah. I the thing with Streaming Chan is a lot of Invasion of privacy and very uncomfortable sort of, like, I'm pretty sure they should have just thrown her out of the bar when she falls asleep, because her whole thing when she was even awake was being like, oh yeah, what's your cup size? What should I do something interesting? Or tell me these lewd stories so I can get these people interested. And I don't know what... I guess they didn't want to keep her awake and aware. I I guess they didn't want her awake so she would keep staying around and talking, but at the same time, I feel like it breaks a few rules just to have this person live streaming everything while most of the people coming in the bar would not be aware unless someone was like, oh yeah, heads up, this person's recording everything. Yeah, I mean, we're making assumptions about dystopia laws, which I don't know. But also, she's like a, she's like a character who's really excited that her viewership went up when she was passed out in your bar because she's like, I don't know what happened. I didn't get assaulted. What what could have possibly been so popular? It fucking sucks. Yeah, they make it's, so many assault jokes in the game. It's real bad. Like it's really bad. And like I understand. So they talk uh, in the Wikipedia of this. If you go and talk about like the ideas behind the game, they're like, we want to talk about how people act like making jokes and getting by in like because they're like, oh, it, we like in a third world country. They're like, this is about their experiences like living in Venezuela. Or people just go into a bar and like joke about the horrible things that happen every day right outside the bar. But also when it's like you're fantasy dystopia stuff all that stuff just feels really gross and seedy and the game doesn't have the tact to like not make it feel like they're leering at these characters that have these things happen to them Mm -hmm. 
like so much about it feels like it's built to like all oh, these characters are like you're gonna pick your waifu and find the one you like the most and care invest in that way like i'm using the wikipedia to reference these characters and their stories fucking every one of these bio like appearance of the characters talks about what their bus size is it it sucks i hate it uh, the yeah. fandom of this game is bad yeah the fandom in this game is is miserable it should be mentioned also that the URL for this game's official page is waifubartending.com. Oh, great. Good, good, good. That's that's just fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just some classy humor. Dorothy, go ahead, Em. <laughs> so Dorothy Dorothy is a, a little Em, which is one of the robots. Uh, she is a sex worker. Um, she appears to be 14, I think is what they say all the time. Mm-hmm. Um... She has a bunch of like hidden guns and stuff because she's like, I need to protect myself. I'm just a girl in the world. Uh, and also like a bunch of ridiculous sex toy parts that she's put on, some legal, some not. Uh, she's Jill's friend. She comes in a lot, uh, and talks about all her clients and the weird stuff she has to do. And there's a really big long blog post about how like, oh, we wanted to represent sex workers in like a respectful light in the, the, like we did all this research. We want to make sure that she wasn't just a joke or that like horrible things didn't happen to her that fall into the tropes of this like subgenre of character. But also she's like the dumb lonely girl that you're clearly meant to like think is the coolest because she's also a battle robot who will fuck you. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have complicated feelings for Dorothy because... Yeah, I feel like this is the one I'm the most complicated on. Um, I am not complicated on it. I think the fact, like, it's clear that they did the most work on this, but I think that only makes her more embarrassing. That you, like, did all this work and still don't understand what it means to, like, represent women in ways that are not awful in your video game. Hmm. So I did appreciate... Uh, the concept of a sex worker who didn't think their life was the most miserable thing ever. That was an interesting idea. Yeah. No. I'm down with that. Yes. Like, clearly they read up on something, but also maybe don't have a bunch of clearly straight men write these characters. Maybe that's yeah. actually the thing here. There's some things you just shouldn't be writing about. If you're just a straight cis dude, don't write about female sex workers who are children. That, that, like, it's really every point where I want to say something nice about Dorothy, I get back to the fact that that's like, oh yeah, and also she like she looks like a child because some people are into that. It's like, well, don't <laughs> yep. unhappy sounds. And they talk very bluntly about like, sometimes that's really weird because like, she will be like assaulted by people who want to like do horrible things to kids or also sometimes she's just hired to pretend to be someone's daughter because they need like a daughter like both in like gross sex ways, but also in this person like lost their daughter and is grieving and need me to like role play their daughter to feel better about life. So like you, you can tell that like some research was done in, in the ways that people will hire sex workers for things that are not just, Oh, I need someone to like have sex with. Like it's much more complicated than that. And they did the work, but then still thought like the lowly character was cool. Cause she's the basically the mascot of the game. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the one thing I kind of appreciated about her, well, the thing that kind of stuck out to m the most to me is when Jill is having a, when she's grieving over the loss of Lenore, Dana goes over to Dorothy and goes, okay, is there any way you can just spend the night with her? Not in a sexual way. Just, she needs someone to kind of hug her for a while. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, I'll, you just pay for the soda that I have and I'll just be with her for a while just so she feels better. And there's definitely this sense that both of them kind of 
both of them make their life each other's lives more bearable like when Dorothy's not there for a few days Jill gets kind of despondent and goes I need, really need someone to cheer me up and she's not here right now and you're there for Dorothy when she's really upset because you recognize you remember the drink that she really likes the piano woman and she's that character you were talking earlier about six the one that uh if you remember that and she's down she is head over heels so happy like you remember that about me that's amazing and just making her day like that and her making your day like that is kind of sweet uh if you want me to ruin all of your good feelings let me read these two (laughs) things from the trivia on the wiki oh no uh so the obvious one uh dorothy's like working name is uh dorothy hayes or dolores hayes those are both references to lolita if you don't know that is i did uh, not that is the titular lolita that humbert humbert falls in love with oh that's Um, why she says that it was too obvious if she went with that name yes um also her like lilla model is dfc which the trivia page helpfully tells me is a 4chan term which stands for delicious flat chest no! I did not know that. So God. please enjoy. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, I didn't know that. I didn't want to know that. Yeah, and no, I am sorry. not at all surprised that the Valhalla fandom knew that. Uh, yep. 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 And then put it in the game. Like, deliberately, you don't just put things in the game like that for no reason, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, M, I was skeptical when you said you'd be able to ruin good feelings, but you are—you went above and beyond, and we commend you for that. I don't make those claims without cause. Uh, <sighs> yeah, no, I don't, like, I don't know. I, like, I played through this game, and there's, like, I really liked, uh, say, and Stella. I, I, I kind of, like, I actually really like the ending with Gabriella when she comes in and confronts Jill. Um, I even thought Kiramiki was, like, interesting, but this stuff mm-hmm. is so fucking far beyond the pale that like i wouldn't recommend this game to people i we've had friends uh other co-hosts on our podcast that we do try to play this game and bounce out when they con- were confronted with all of this stuff um i don't blame anyone and i don't understand why this game is like something that especially like queer people on twitter will fucking stand for i don't understand yeah i mean i mm. it's 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 awkward. And, like, this is, like, listen, this is a good awkward. This is an awkward that I should feel as the person who recommended this game. Um, it's kind of just, like, you look back and you're like, I don't... I, 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 like, there are elements of this that I still appreciate. But I do wonder how I recommended this one. I do I do have some introspection to do there. Because, like, yeah, I, I don't... I'm not happy here. With all uh, this. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm not gonna, like, blame you for this. Like, I understand, like, we all come back to things and realize that we fucked up. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, there were people who were very excited for us to play this game because, like, we really, really like this. And then the Discord, the Emerald Weapon Discord, when they got a hold of this game, all bounced, basically. Mm-hmm. They either bounced or wrote in angry letters. That's basically the two shades <laughs> of opinion we have on this. Yeah. 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 I I don't know. There's still a fair number of things within... I feel like it makes some pretty positive points about relationships at points, like, when... Sure, but, like, you can get that from infinite amounts of media. Like, this game in particular has so much going wrong for it, I don't understand. Yeah. 
it has a ton going wrong, wrong for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I still kind of came away both just kind of disgusted in the game and also that ending kind of uplifted me a bit. But And there's just certain characters that I like being around, like Betty and Deal, just watching the two of them bicker is a lot of fun to me. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where I can recognize... I can recognize that it has a lot of problems going on for it, like, and it does a lot of really regretful things, and I kind of hate it for that, but there's also something within it that lets me have a good time with it, I guess. Why, I guess, is my question. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't, this is one of those things where it's like, I, like, anyone who is, who is just like, disgusted with this game and has has nothing nice to say about it and you know wants to condemn it to whatever circle of hell like fucking rock on i i don't i don't think they're necessarily wrong but like also there's this there's kind of a hypocrisy in in queer gaming fandom where people are into games like like zero escape or like danganronpa or like all these games that have this like a lot of queer phobic sure. shit in it and it's just like but those are cool but this one's no one everyone has always recommended those games with huge caveats and grains of salt about the content within like i've never heard someone talk sure. about danganronpa without saying hey case three is like super transphobic it fucking sucks if you're okay with that like enjoy the game it's kind of cool um this game was just like recommended there are people i know who work in games who are queer people who like wrote up things about how this game is good i'm not going to name them and throw them under the bus on this podcast uh Mm -hmm. because i meant to talk to them and then stuff happened and did not was not able to do that but um if you know who i'm talking about you know who i'm talking about uh please don't be mean to them uh and i just don't i just don't get it yeah yeah it's 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 not it's not that the game like, it's not that we don't enjoy, like, compromised media. Like, you see a lot of the discourse around, like, uh, um, Lady Killer in a Bind, where, like, some people bounce really hard off of that game. But one, it's created by an actual queer, like, trans woman. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's an important part of it. These are a bunch of 4chan dudes making a game. And two, that game comes loaded with caveats. It comes with warnings on the page that this game's going to have some, like, wild shit in it. And people talk about that. This mm-hmm. game was just recommended as, like, a cool anime bartending game. Like that's all I've ever heard about it before we did it for this podcast. Yeah, and that is a definite that is a definite problem. Like it's it's I, like I was excited to play this because it has like some tie-ins like light with uh read only memories, which is a really good game that I liked a lot that is like the positive side of this sort of like aesthetic. Um mm-hmm. and going into this expecting read only memories, boy was I surprised. Yeah, I I I wonder, I don't know. Par- like I don't want to make excuses at all. Um, I, I just, I, part of me wonders if it's like, if there's something about the time and place it was released or something. Cause like, but, but it's not like this game is from the nineties. Like if it was, if no, it was Snatcher or no. something, I would understand. It's not, it's from two oh, years ago. I'm not, I'm not saying, I don't know, but, but I mean, the reason that like, I mean, like I'm, I'm playing this again and I'm pretty upset by a lot of it. And like, I bet a lot of this stuff upset me back then, but a year and change later, what I remembered, what, like, when I thought back, I was like, uh, you know, I remember, like, I thought the aesthetic was cool and I had fun with the characters. And it's like, that stuff just didn't pop into my mind. And I, I, I just, I'm trying to figure out what that frankly says about me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, I am, I am the one who recommended this game for the show and I am now like, mm, oh boy. Hmm. Yeah, and like when he recommended it because of its reputation, I didn't blink. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. I've been meaning to play that." 
Mm-hmm. When we started this podcast, I was like, oh, like, I want to do this show. I think it's a cool idea, but I'm really nervous that we're going to run into a bunch of bullshit anime games. And I was not expecting this to be the one that, like, we fell into so early. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't like, if I can very briefly, um, I've gotten a lot of messages over the last couple of months from people who are, are trying to figure out, um, why I recommended this and, uh, what this says about me as a person. And I think that's fair, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am not here saying the game is without problems, right? Like, boy, this is fucked. Um, and I, I'm not like I'm not throwing that at you like oh you're a bad person recommending no this. I just no. wonder what's in the culture that people that the reputation this game has is not representative of the thing we played exactly like, what what did people miss or what's changed I don't understand it I don't either but I feel like there must be something because like as you say like there there are also there are other like people we respect within the queer scene who are like man this game is great and it's 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 just strange. I think the 2064 mm-hmm. connection helps a lot in that regard because it's it's been vetted by certain it's it's been vetted by certain teams and figures saying like oh yeah these people since they're working together and everything like that it's I feel like some of the better the worst parts get overlooked because of that. Mhm. Yeah. Uh I I think that I think that's all I've got. Just kind of bafflement. Uh like, like I said, I didn't hate all of it. Like, there's stuff I really liked in here. Like, I think the ending is really strong. Uh, everyone went in mine. We all went to that, uh, that concert. It was great. We had a good time. That was a good concert. Yeah. Yep. I think, probably. I don't uh, know. I guess I was just reading about it. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there's so much here that is just sets off every warning light possible. Um, I'm just surprised. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to. I have to agree. Well, in terms of just, it has a lot of really bad things happening within it, and I wish it was written by someone with a bit more tact in regards to all the different subjects it tries to cover. And I wish it was written by someone who understood basically every topic it covers, from sex workers to queerness to everything else, and instead of just being very... It feels like their approach to pretty much every queer topic was, oh yeah, we're fine with all that, but we're going to treat it in the most blasé and sensitive way possible. We're just going to steamroll like, oh yeah, queers are cool, but we're going to talk about them in very demeaning ways. And, I don't know, it, looking, at, looking at it closer for a podcast made me realize there were certain things that I had missed because it... When I played this back then, it was kind of comfort food for me, because I needed something in my life to say, okay, everything is falling apart right now, but but somehow you're still going to make it through it, there's going to be another tomorrow, and you're going to find enjoyment within your life, even as things are getting really, really bad. I think it's interesting that, like, all three of the games we've played so far kind of have that message that you take out of it, and I think this game does it worse than the other two, by far. Oh, totally. Just, this is the first, this is chronologically from when I played it. Yeah. The first one that I got to with this specific message at a very specific time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, cause like they're, I, I liked Dream Daddy a lot. That was, yeah, a, that was too. a great game. I'm really happy we opened with that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
You you also you you didn't like Narcissus as much, right? No, I didn't. But yeah. also, like, I didn't hate Narcissus. I was just kind of like mildly annoyed for mm-hmm. most of Narcissus. Um, and if it, it feels like I felt feels like I spent that entire show being negative and never like w- never really giving them credit for anything, and it's kind I of like I wouldn't have called your reaction that like entirely negative. I didn't. I thought I, you were fair to that game. Okay, I'm I'm glad because now I'm here on on this podcast with an objectively well like, uh, that's a stupid why did i say the word objectively <laughs> fuck me um with a blatantly more miserable little game um that i still have an appreciation for in a way and like i would hate to be sitting here being nicer to this game that i was ah yeah um yeah no i mean look we talked about our disappointments uh, there are things I liked in this game. Uh, Jen, you talked about how you wish these people would like have been better writers or able to tackle these things with the respect it deserves. I'd be fine if they just took this shit out and just made a cool bartending game where you hang out with your friends and not try to like comment on anything. Like Hollow Cyberpunk is like sad in its own broader sense, where you can talk about that as a culture, I guess. But uh, I'd take that over this reaching for something and failing so miserably. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because at the end of the day, the bartending's still fun. True, it is. Yeah, bartending's easily the best part. <laughs> Though I, I do like some of the music too, but it's mostly the soundtrack kind of takes a hit too because it's built in a way where you can you're setting up the soundtrack after at the start of every day or after each of one of your breaks. So it I all never, I be... never change the soundtrack. I picked it once and then never messed with it again. Uh, yeah, okay. same. It, it it was it was kind of tiresome that they just expected me to adjust it every single time. Yes, I went through. I picked the songs that I thought sounded good, and then never touched it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the soundtrack suffers because it's very non-specific for most of it, unless you're in a incredibly serious scene, like towards the end when you're talking with Gabby, or there are mm. moments like that. I mean, I don't mind. I don't necessarily mind that. I like the idea that you're having a very like dramatic scene as the music playing over it is just the the same music plays every day. Like that's just being a person who like works in a space, right? Like sometimes life doesn't line up dramatically with the problems you're having in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yeah, no, been... the music's fine. I just I just didn't even think about it in the course of everything else I was going to complain about about this game. <laughs> it would have been funny if they had the equivalent of the of a movie soundtrack option that you can just fill the entire jukebox with and it's like it's like one of the stories you hear from some of the corners of gaming industry like oh yeah we just put the jurassic park theme on for the entire duration of the time we were at this bar and people hated us (laughs) it would have been funny to recreate something like that Mm -hmm. i think i think that's probably all we got that's where we're at (laughs) please make please make a game that isn't awful but still uses the pc 98 graphics i love that i love that art style it's yes it is a good look the interface is strong also um we have questions uh so if you have questions for us you can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com uh or you know hit us up on twitter we'll try to put out a call for questions each time um we have a twitter question jen and then we'll get into the emails okay so we have one question from frankie garza if I want to play for the ROM cameos, should I just look them up on YouTube? And uh, How do you get to them? Because I didn't see them. 
So they're actually really hard to get to. Um, the the short answer, okay, short answer, yes, look them up on YouTube. Long answer. Um, so there are specific moments with specific characters in the game where you can serve them a drink that is not on the menu called the Flaming Moai, and if you do that, you will get a com- cameo from a character from ROM. Oh, okay. So you, you'll have to look at a walkthrough. There's a moment where you can serve the Flaming Moai to Alma, and then uh, to- uh, Tomcat will appear. There's a moment where you can say uh, serve one to, I want to say, Stella, and you can get uh, Jess from ROM. And then there's, okay. uh, you can get the uh, the cop from ROM as well. I can't remember her name right now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's it's the specific drink that they don't tell you how to make. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very well hidden. Yeah. So if, if you were sold this game on the back of the cameos, you should use a Steam refund. <laughs> so yeah, the the cop is uh, Lexi Rivers, uh, and yes, basically the order that it goes in is Lexi first, and then um, Tomcat, and then um, just me's. And the thing is, you actually have to make a mistake on one of the days in order to get just up here. So if you're trying to go for a perfect playthrough and get the cameos, that's impossible. You should just have a alternate save backed up so you can do that. And they're mostly harmless things. Like, you just find out. This game takes place chronologically several years after 2064. In fact, just five years since Valhalla takes place in 2069. And, uh... Essentially, you just find out that Lexi is a private detective now and is chasing the lead. Uh, They're just chasing a few leads while they're in town and visiting their old friend, Dana, who... Happened to be a freelancer for the cops for a while. Like, she just... Apparently, back in near yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, It was just a situation where it was like, Oh yeah, Dan is, Dan is gonna be back up. She'll just throw people around when we need her to. And then, um... Thing with Tomcat is... They're here to chase Alice Rabbit. They... After the whole mall incident that ended up in the White Knights disbanding... Um, Tomcat noticed a few sloppy things, so they're going from broken IP router to broken IP router, trying to retrace the steps on a whim, to be like, oh yeah, you seem cool, let me find out more about you. And then, mm-hmm. Jess is just here for Mega Christmas, like, oh yeah, I heard about Mega Christmas, and I'm kind of curious. And you have a small confirmation, you have a small conversation on the difference between whatever whatever the condition Stella has and the sort of genetic mod- the genetic modifications within 2064, but they're very light conversations that don't really... It's it's very much a small where-are-they-now kind of picture. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Jess is a lot happier than she's ever been in 2064, but I guess after the ending of 2064, that makes a bit more sense. Since a lot of that sort of a lot of the struggling didn't... I mean, things got better. All right. Uh, we have three emails. We have a long one from Ryan that basically reiterates a lot of my points. I know Ryan uh, talked to me about this game, and we kind of feel similarly about a lot of stuff, so I'm going to skip a good chunk of this. They pointed out that the scene where you, or Jill and Dana are drinking beers in the apartment goes on intolerably long, and I agree. It's awful. <laughs> And I liked the idea a lot, and boy, that scene would not end. Yes. Uh, they also wanted to ask, uh, specifically of you, Six and Jen, what 
what you actually appreciated or is, are your standards for what is good lower or did you enjoy the themes more than the uh than like the actual writing i feel like we covered that stuff more or less yeah 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 um my memory is apparently very bad and pc98 graphics are catnip for me yeah and uh, i know that's fair yeah and some of the basic messages it has along with the whole style to it i also appreciate a lot um, Josiah writes in with a, a fun question. Which of the futuristic cyberpunk drinks would you like to try the most? Hmm. Uh, there's one that was described as as tasting like caramelized expired chocolate milk. And that sounded really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of curious about, I've, I'm not, I've never done tough drinks in my life. Like I'm usually someone who goes with beer or really girly mixed drinks so i would probably well they they the kind of drinks that they classify in valhalla is girly anyway and i'm kind of curious to see what a gut punch would do <laughs> just in terms of okay here's a drink that's named after just being a bad time and just something that's like that kind of curious to see what would happen probably wouldn't drink oh. all of it but yeah so the drink by by definition, I think, would be closest to what I actually like in taste is probably the Piano Man, um, mm. just because it's like supposed to be sour and strong, and I like uh, I like good old fashioned mixed drinks, including an old fashioned. Like that's just who I am. So that sounds go. good. Uh, the one that I would absolutely try because I am drawn to novelty like nobody's business is the Zen Star, which is just everything as much as you can put of all the five things mixed together. Uh, and the description is like, oh, it's perfectly balanced. Why does it taste so bad? And yep, I would try that. I'm sure that it would taste like, awful. When I saw that one, it reminded me of the, uh, you know, the Four Horsemen. Yeah, yeah. It sounded it sounded basically like they were describing like an alternate version of a Four Horsemen, which uh, is fucking foul. Um, so you know, no, it's also not good. But I've tried it <laughs> because I'm like, why wouldn't I try that? Sure. No. Nice. Nice. Good gimmick for you. I'm so. I'm the person who tries like every awful flavor of cereal that comes out. That's who I am. Uh, I'm the one who does that with Pop Tarts. Uh, yeah. No, I do it sometimes with Pop Tarts. I would not try those Jolly Rancher ones. That's foul. Yeah. yeah. It's like candy for breakfast, but in the bad way. Um, then we got an email from Kiwi uh, that is a couple notes. Um, they played this in early 2017, and uh, they were they were mostly surprised that the game that is like so wrapped in cyberpunk cyberpunk aesthetics is so bad at like doing the things cyberpunk is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, in that actually like using that aesthetic and like particularly punk aesthetics to question late capitalism and this game doesn't go further much than like so mega corpse can be bad and oh the cops are problematic <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like cyber a lot of cyberpunk has been like pretty lame at that for a while we've entered mm -hmm. we've entered the the long period of milk toast cyberpunk oh um, for sure but yep uh, they, they bring up Dorothy, but nothing we didn't talk about because oh, Dorothy. And then, uh, they complained about the waifu bartending because, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. it's bad. It's, this, this game is bad. I'm, I'm comfortable mm. saying that. I might like some parts of it, but the game is bad. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, huh. I like Danganronpa and that's probably a bad game too. So I understand. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! We might end up getting there, but uh, hoof. 
I have thoughts about that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those are our questions. Um, I guess that's all we got. Uh, next month we are playing Butterfly Soup, which you can find on Itch.io. You just go in there, type it in. You'll get to what you're bringing. It doesn't tell me who made this on the page, does it? Huh. Do you know off the top of your head, Jen? It says it's made by Brianna Lee. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is by Brianna Lee. It, it claims that it's three or to four hours long, which is perfect for me. So I'm excited. It is also a free game. So go ahead and download it. Throw them a couple bucks if you like it. Yeah. And we've heard, we've heard pretty great things from people who have played it. So it, it mm-hmm. will hopefully be a bit of a lift in spirits compared to this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hope so. So should we do um, plugs at all? Let people know where we're at. Yeah, uh, six. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, this is my fault. Uh, hi, I'm six. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at six Detmar. Um, and you can find uh, Jen and I's Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ScanlineMedia. Uh, and for $1 a month, you can get access to Oops All Anime, which is our anime podcast, which um, is usually not this negative, but we also get angry at anime on there, too. <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm at JBU3 on Twitter. Most of what Six already said regarding Scanline Media and the Patreon applies to me as well. And uh, occasionally I'll have some freelance stuff appear now and then, and I guess that's about it for me. I, I guess I have all the abnormal mapping plugs. Uh, abnormal mapping is the network you can find this podcast on. You can go to patreon.com slash abnormal mapping to support. If you pledge, you will get a f- weekly Gundam podcast called The Great Gundam Project, where me and my co-host Jackson watch all of Gundam, two episodes at a time, for the end of time. Uh, other than that, you can go to thebestgame.club for our eponymous show, Abnormal Mapping, which is a game club much like this one. We are playing uh, Fire Emblem Awakening for February, and Six will be joining me to talk about that. So please look hey. forward to that. I'm near the end of that game. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, you can go to second uh, Star Trek Podcast.space for Second Officer Slog, which is a Star Trek book club. We are talking about Discovery. The last episode of Discovery is tonight. I'm very, or tomorrow night, sorry, as of recording. I'm very excited for that. Um, and then uh, we have Ryan, Allen, and Katie's podcast, Fireside Friends at firesidefriends.net. Uh, please look forward to that. That is monthly and is usually a good discussion. They talked about Doki Doki Literature Club. We are never going to cover that game for this podcast, I think. I'm pretty confident saying that's true. So go there if you want to hear opinions that would probably mirror the ones that I would have because Ryan's <laughs> usually spot on about that stuff. Indeed. Um, and you can go to ineedmayo.com for Amory Score, which is jackson and molly's ride through the lore and music of the band coheed and cambria even if you don't like coheed and cambria like me you should listen to it it's a very funny podcast that's it uh, i'm on twitter at em underscore being well uh thanks for listening everyone and we'll be back next month with butterfly soup peace that's it we're done 